I wish for you to find your why. When you can find your why, and it can be a lot of things, right? You get alignment. You start to see how it is possible to have incredible drive for whatever you put your mind to, and you will have an infinite well of energy inside of you to tackle something. You're listening to Conversations on a Sustainable Life with Libby O'Loughlin and Renee LaPlante. Good morning, Libby. Good morning, Renee. How are you today? (laughs) I'm so good today. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Super. Well, it's been actually in the background a little bit of time since we've recorded because we've been busy getting the podcast live. But now that we're back, um, Mm -hmm. I am yet again thrilled and I promised myself I wouldn't use the word excited too much. So just super (laughs) thrilled to be excited, (laughs) super thrilled for today's episode on I think what we were saying was tools for change. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that one is a big, giant love of mine. So I'll uh, I'll be doing a lot of talking today, as we Mm -hmm. agreed. And um, I have a couple points that I also want to preface about this work. And um, I think they're really important for, you know, me to say out loud and also for the listener to understand so that we are, um, you know, so I'm just really being authentic about what this work is um, uh, for me. And I think the first thing I wanted to say is that this is not my full-time job. And the reason why I want to say that is because it's been really important to me to work on reducing my carbon footprint as a side job, if you will, as a side project. And the reason for that is because I've been really wanting to prove to myself that you don't have to do it full time. In fact, doing it full time is a bit silly because <laughs> it's like saying I'm going to live my life full time. Like, of course, we're living our life full time, you know, but like there's so much going on in our lives. And so if I were to like exclusively focus on it, uh, it just starts to become a thing for itself and not to serve me and not to serve my family and kind of, you know, what I think I'm here for on this earth. So, mm-hmm. so it's really, you know, I think one thing, one pushback I get a lot is that, oh gosh, it's going to take so much time to do this. Right. And I want to debunk that immediately and just say, look, I've been able to do this on the side and I'll kind of share why and how, and, um, that is, you know, a point of encouragement actually. Mm. The other thing is that I've actually saved money by doing this. Because I hear from a lot of people that this is expensive. It's expensive to be sustainable. And I disagree. I disagree. And it's proven, uh, I've proven that to be incorrect. And um, I've managed to save money. And, you know, some of us are money driven, some are not. Um, I figure, you know, the place that we're in, you know, I'm in in my life, like it doesn't hurt to save money. And I'm, you know, always been conscious about doing that and kind of saving it for a rainy day. So um, if anyone has ever felt that pushback inside of them as well or or heard that, uh, I want to say that, you know, this for me has actually been a positive outcome of saving money. Hmm. So now another thing that's so, so important to me, and I say this also um, and make this very much a intentional 
piece of the workshop that I've done, which is that I am not here to blame and shame you. And um, in fact, I really come at this with acceptance and it is because I accepted that all of us um, are first, probably quite unaware of what we're doing. And second, um, uh, you know, just coming from different perspectives of in life and different paths in life, there's absolutely no space for blame and shame in this topic. Um, and if we are able to really, truly, authentically do that, um, leave blame and shame at the door and come together on this topic and accept each other, then we can be open and honest. Mm. Yeah. And we can be, um, truly, um, supportive of each Mm. other. Mm. So that one is so critical to me and that I will, uh, not change, um, no matter how big your footprint is, (laughs) no matter what that calculation (laughs) came out to, Mm -hmm. if you're living in the U S it's mm. probably going to be huge, right? Because mm. there are reasons for that and they're not all um, kind of quote unquote your fault, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, so just want to put that out there also mm, for all of us. Okay, thanks for letting me do a little preamble mm-hmm. there. Now, as we get into this topic, I want to give us a little framework to work with. Um, I'm going to talk about the what, the who, the why, and the how of this problem and our involvement in the problem. So let's get started. So coming into the what, so what are we talking about? Like, what is the problem? Okay. Um, you know, on the website, I have a very long page that kind of explains what this problem is and you can read it anytime. But the, I, I saw an image the other day on Instagram that I loved and wanted to kind of um, use it here, which is, this is, think of our world as in our atmosphere as a bathtub. So as a bathtub, you know, we, um, are filling this bathtub every day with CO2 and there will be a point scientists have done the, done the projections and they really have alarm uh, alerted us to know that there will be a point at which that bathtub will overflow. And if it overflows, then we can't go back. So with that very simple concept in mind, um, the question becomes, what are we putting into that bathtub that we can slow down? Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe even imagine if there was such a thing as a drain mm-hmm. that would remove it as well. And such things exist. So that is where we're going to get into um, kind of the details around, you know, what actions are you doing? You know, when you calculate that footprint, you can see them. But if you haven't been able to do that yet, you'll we'll start to see how these actions of our lives are adding to that bathtub. And where we live and play actually affects that bathtub also. So mm. it affects the speed at which we're adding to the bathtub. So any questions yet, Libby? Because you, no, you I was just going to say I really like. I was just going to yeah. say I really, I really like that image. <laughs> Super. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really simple. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the gentleman who created the visual, because it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Now, a key thing that is also a part of the what it has to do with the Paris Accord. The Paris Accord is where our governments and nearly every country in the world signed this and ratified it. Um, 
agreed to reducing the six greenhouse gases by certain amounts and by certain dates. And um, the interesting thing here, and I didn't really internalize this until I read the document, and until America kind of stepped out and said, well, I don't want to do this, you know who, um, I was like, oh, well, can't we do it without him? And uh, by looking into that and understanding that, I kind of got to understand the dynamics between what governments have signed up for and what the people of, of those, those countries have in terms of responsibility. So to make a long story short, governments, they can't achieve their goals without engaged citizens. And it's really slow for a citizens to kind of have become savvy and understand our role to play in that. In fact, um, I, I just still think today, you know, most people don't understand that without engaged citizens, without people reducing their own footprints in their private sphere, as well as voting and engaging at the community and the um, national levels to pick the right things and to, you know, make choices for green energy or make choices for, you know, reduced uh, or increased taxes in some areas and less usage mm -hmm. of certain things and less imports of certain products. Um, we're just, uh, you know, if we're not paying attention to those things and they're kind of having to say, hey, over here, please, can you vote on this or can, can you know, give us your opinion and we just don't really get it, mm -hmm. then we're going to make the wrong choice, and then they're not going to be able to meet their targets. Well, you know, they're not trying to meet their targets just for the sake of meeting targets. They're trying to do it to, like, have the whole world survive this crisis. And um, so the more engaged and aware and informed we get around mm. um, the details of what causes those greenhouse gases, the more we're going to be able to help, okay? Mm. And... Um, also, the longer we wait and the slower we are to realize that role that we play, um, the really that the small changes that we could be making today are going to end up being big changes and big inconveniences and more dramatic and radical things that we're just, um, you know, we can't even really conceive of at this moment. Um, so let me just point to that situation that happened in France, which was the gilet jaune. Um, that was a thing um, where it was a, a really explicit um, showcase of how engaged citizens, you know, unengaged citizens were like pushing back on something that was intended to help with lowering that footprint of France. Um, now I have a personal opinion about whether or not that tax was like the right place to put the tax and on the, you know, right people, for example, but that said, regardless, um, it's a, it's a really good illustration of how this backfires and how then governments get deeper and deeper into like, now what do we do? And now are we going to, uh, how do we get these people, you know, who are supposedly, you know, aware, which again, I don't think we all are, um, to move with this mission. Um, so those are important factors. Mm -hmm. So now who? Now who's in charge of filling up this bathtub, right? Um, you know, this was an insight that I gained by reading and talking to people. And, you know, oddly, it took me quite a while to come to that realization um, <clears throat> that essentially the people who have money are contributing to the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And when I say people who have money, I, I mean the top 10%. Uh, 
So there's a great study out there done by Oxfam, which is referenced quite frequently, and I'll put it in the show notes, um, that the <clears throat> we see that people that have uh, $100,000 or more in their bank account are technically in the top 10%. So this is the definition by Credit Suisse. Mm-hmm. And the if you it, it just, I just want to let that sink in for a second, because a lot of us probably don't think of ourselves as being wealthy, right? But if you compare, uh, you know, someone who's probably listening to this podcast, right? Like if you have the means to listen to this podcast and you have the time, you have the, 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 the chance to do this today, then you are likely in the top 10%. And the top 10% is responsible for 50% of the world's consumption emissions. So we are um, doing this, actually. We're, we're in charge. So we can't like go point the finger at, you know, China. Um, you know, although greenhouse gas emissions by China are actually the largest of any country in the world, mm. it doesn't mean that their individual citizens are accountable for mm. the same amount um, and that those citizens are emitting that personally, right? So yeah. China, you know, creates and manufactures the energy, the products of the world using fossil fuel energy, essentially. Um, and also well, they do a lot of mining. So mm. those activities um, on behalf of the rest of the world and the, on behalf of the people buying products from them, um, actually transfers that CO2 responsibility to the people buying it. And um, so if you buy something from China, it's your footprint, it's not theirs. So we can't go pointing the finger there because um, actually we should be pointing the finger at ourselves and what we're purchasing and what mm. we're um, asking for um, from other countries to actually create for us using energy or mining practices that are really, you know, causing that bathtub to fill up. So that's also why consumption is a huge topic wrapped up in um, climate change is because it is, again, one of the root causes of the demand for that energy that is causing CO2 Mm -hmm. to be emitted. So this for me was very centering also because it helped me realize that actually I have a chance to affect this problem. You know, it was on one hand, I was like, oh crap, I am in charge of this problem. I'm, I'm adding to the problem, but also, wow, look, uh, like this is an opportunity and, and I don't have to sit back and feel completely incapable. Um, in fact, like I am... 98% sure that you know my friends pretty much every single one are in the top 10% and we are you know using our money in ways that actually adds to this bathtub and those are things that we can change and I can help them understand that and I can move us all forward and and they can learn it and they can help their networks move forward and so on and so it felt actually really exciting at first kind of stressful and then again exciting to learn that mm, I, th- bit. I think that the who is also a bit the part of the what question right mm. because because we we need to understand the what yes um in order to be able to do something about it because for it sure. seems like there are so many challenges that we have that being able to sort of say oh i i see now that people who 
like myself or whoever are able are contributing to the the problem are able to actually help with that mm-hmm. it, it's all interconnected and i think i think that's really yes. actually good and and one of the things i just want to interject with is that the what is the is the one that is the most baffling i think mm-hmm. because it seems like it's so massive mm-hmm. and and it's yeah. so interconnected with like the racial pandemic the health mm-hmm. pandemic the earth soils depletion all of mm-hmm. this it's it's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. big it is big it is big and and yet you know the un has identified six greenhouse gases mm. as the culprits that we're focusing on mm. and it's very clear you can read them you can you can see what they are um you can learn where they come from um we i have a little bit of that on the website and um like and actually in the facebook group group there's been a great discussion about that you know i I use the word you know the abbreviation ghg all the time and people Mm -hmm. some of people were like well well, what are ghgs i don't understand and so then we go into it in more detail and we really you know we really look at it very carefully and then it's like okay so now we're educated so now we know what the what is and we know how it's connected to our lives right yeah and and you again you have that on your website don't you it's on the Facebook group, the, the detailed description, description, but yes, on the it's Facebook, something, okay. yes, yes, exactly. Mm. So this is, you know, and this is also, you know, you can search on the UN website and there's the detail as well. So it's not, um, you know, I think the, the cool thing here is that it's like, I care about just connecting people to this, this information and like then starting to have the aha moment of like, oh, right. So that's why I keep reading all these articles about why I should become vegan or why I should be, um, you know, reducing my flying or why I can um, compost or, you know, there's these kind of mainstream recommendations that are out there and the journalists mm-hmm. are doing a really great job of, you know, educating and, and showing, you know, here's what you can do and here's how to and da, da, da. I mean, it's coming at us from many directions and now even more so for me because I, you know, I read the articles. So then like, you know, the, the algorithm knows like Renee likes these articles. So I get them a lot. But the thing is, is that let's just connect that now, you know, so that's that the reason why everyone is saying, let's all do these things. Let's reduce meat in our diets and whatnot is because that will actually reduce the amount of mm. CO2 or greenhouse gases going into the bathtub, mm-hmm. right? It's going to do that. And it's yeah. going to do and you don't have to know necessarily all the interconnections. Yeah, because it's about the actual actions. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And and we, you know, I think many people have taken the perspective um, that we don't have any more time to just like educate everybody on the whole big picture. Mm -hmm. So like, let's take them to the actions first, but then, you know, being intelligent, educated people were like, well, don't just tell me what to do. I want to know why. Right. And so that's why it's different for everyone, I think, isn't it? Because I know that Mm -hmm. you can kind of enter into the change at at all different points, you know, and for Mm -hmm. some people, the action works for some people, the, you know, the the why is the important bit for some but anyway i'm I'm going off on a tangent now and no you're taking me into the why which is so critical but before we move there that was my intentional segue (laughs) (laughs) i want to make one last comment about this correlation between money and co2 or, Mm -hmm. or greenhouse gases um it is that it doesn't have to be correlated okay it so 
I have taken personal steps um, mm -hmm. and been working on this, as I said, for like it's like a good year and a half now. And it's possible to reduce all of, uh, not all, but it's, it's possible to reduce a huge amount of those um, greenhouse gases in your life. Uh, there's so many different directions you can come out and start at and what have you. Um, and in exchange, what I've gotten is I've saved money. And I've also been very careful to where I've saved money, invest that in sustainable things, right? And so I would just want to touch on investing because if you are saving money, um, that money, where that money then gets saved and invested matters, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's a big piece of the puzzle, which you may have also been seeing an increase in startups or organizations that are focused on sustainable investing or impact investing. And, um, you know, even just trying to move the big banks trying to kind of show that they have this option in their portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Because people are starting to clue into the connection there between their investments and the impact that those investments are having. Mm -hmm. So there's more, it's more than just our daily actions and daily purchases, but it's also how we're saving our money and where we're putting it as it's saved. Um, and we don't have to we don't have to subscribe to the CO2 contributors, the big ones, right, in order to save our money. Mm. And um, and as this, we all become more and more aware and, and um, action-oriented, conscientious, and, and change these things, we are going to have even better options. And um, I'll just put in a small comment here quickly, which is, you know, I'd love for us to think of this as... Um, these changes that we're making as, you know, going from like kind of we're in maybe in, we're using a bad option. Let's just imagine we're, we're driving a petrol car and we want to go as fast as possible, as, um, you know, realistically as possible to the next step. So if that means um, getting an electric car, good on you, you know, then like just go make that swap like now immediately. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if that means that you just need to like drive a little bit less and like pool your errands better and like, you know, carpool or just make changes to that petrol car because you can't replace that petrol car right now. That's also really critical. So my approach is to get you to think about what you're doing and to move as quickly as possible to the next best step. That's mm -hmm. really the, the lower CO2 step and go there and then from there you you stabilize a bit and then you take another step towards lower and lower co2 and so that we are actually changing instead of waiting and waiting and waiting and saying i'm gonna buy that electric car in two years and da 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 and meanwhile you're not changing the use of your petrol car at all mm -hmm. uh, you know in between so i'm throwing that in there as just a, a very practical example of how we don't have to say everything's screwed everything's bad and there's only the only way to change is to invest in you know whatever like some something that is way too far away from me and and i'm not capable financially of doing that right there's other ways to take these steps and it's all based on you and your environment and like your own personal life and your values and everything okay so, so we've talked about the what, it's a bathtub, we're filling up a bathtub, we've talked about the who, and we're talking about the top 10%. And genuinely, I'll say, if you do not fall into the top 10%, and you're still listening to the podcast, thank you for being here, and we love you. And actually, we love everybody who's here, so, you know, that, that's for everybody. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that if you are struggling to keep 
um, food on the table and keep those, you know, basic needs met, then I, my personal opinion of this is that this is not a problem that you must encounter right now. Like focus on getting yourself in a stable place and being healthy and, you know, get yourself internally sustainable and externally sustainable to a point where you feel like you now can contribute and, and start to um, be, affect this challenge. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I have a different expectation of people who are in the top 10%, you know, I've, I'm putting it out there that I think mm-hmm. that you can, we can all do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are becoming educated and we're, we're showing willingness. And my goal here is to turn your willingness into wins and wins for your life. Okay. And wins for the environment. Yes. So come. So yay. So let's <laughs> go back to your segue on why, Libby, and um, you know, why are why would we even bother doing this, right? Like why why you know? I mean, one path is you know, it's like well, I'm a wealthy person, relatively wealthy, life is good. I'm you know, huh? You know, I've I've got enough money saved. My child's gonna be fine. Yeah. You know, like if that's if that's an approach um, for you, then you know that's I accept that. I I know there are people that are out there that that might believe that, and um, and they're not they they just don't care or they just don't uh, focus on this, and that's okay. Um, and then I know that there are a ton of other people who come at it with different drivers and um, really beautiful entry points, like they care about their kids' future. Mm-hmm. Or um, even, you know, there's many decarbonistas that don't have kids. So what are they caring about? They're caring about di- biodiversity, maybe animal welfare. Uh, maybe they just have a fondness for trees or nature or hiking or skiing or, you know, they love being outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Um, and even those who, are, who care about health, that is an entry point here. Um, or dis- are you disturbed by like the injustice of water and land pollution, right like mm-hmm. though like get me fired up um or native peoples like when you when when i start to open up all of my drivers i mean i can get pretty fired up about why oh, this is yeah. so important <laughs> oh yeah I, i'd like to say at this point that i think at this particular point in time a lot of us don't have to do a lot of deep searching to find the why because it's really mm-hmm. right in front of us you know mm-hmm. i mentioned you know that everything is interconnected Yes, everything like whatever your entry point is, like the the health pandemic, the the, yes. the soils, the I mean, yes, it's the right monsoons in front of us that are it's, it's, yeah, like affecting India and yeah, yeah, it's, it's really blooming, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. And I just have this like, like my I remember a story my dad told me once. He was like, when you were little, you just liked observing people. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, thanks, Dad. Like, oh, and I was super shy. Like, I, I really couldn't talk to people, actually, when I was little. And my daughter, thank goodness, is not as shy as me. She still has a hard time talking to people. But imagine, like, exponentially more shy. Um, mm-hmm. And I would just observe people. Well, I, I just find people fascinating, and I love mm-hmm. them so much. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. like, for me, like, I am, I am doing this because I really want people to thrive 
Mm. I really want to see like anyone that I encounter thrive. And when I see, you know, people suffering in India from a monsoon, that's like, you know, clearly weather related and, you know, and like they're struggling through this or people are dying from this. Like it is painful for me. Mm. You know, and like, and the other thing is I see, I watched a documentary and I couldn't even, I had to turn it off because it was, Mm. it was like one of these blue planet things. And it was about Mm. the birds in the Arctic who their little birds, you know, the the bird parents, they don't recognize their babies unless they're in the nest. And the winds get so strong now that they fly out of the nests. And then the parents come back and they're like, my baby's not here. And they, for whatever reason, they genuinely don't notice that the baby is literally next to the nest, toppled over. And it just broke my heart. I mean, Mm. and I'm not even, I can't even go there and I can't even, like, I can't do anything to help that except maybe donate to an organization that's actually working Mm. on this, right? Mm. But it is just so intensely um, touching to me, right? And, And saddening to me. And so my why is is very clear. And this is why I bring it up. I wish for you to find your why. When you can find your why, and it can be a lot of things, right? You get alignment. You start to see how it is possible to have incredible drive for whatever you put your mind to. And you will have an infinite well of energy inside of you to tackle something and to change yourself. Okay. Um, and this is the beginning of the journey of alignment. I even like to think sometimes where we're, we're accepting in ourselves that we actually care about these things and we've been probably putting, putting them away or saying, Oh, what matters more is this and that, you know? And so we've been reprioritizing them. So Mm -hmm. I just wish for you to bring them back up to the priorities of your life and, Mm. and explore that. And there is a a bit of a worksheet I have that can help you think that through. And I think you might have something on, Oh, you've got something on limiting beliefs later, which we'll talk about. Mm. Um, But really just, you know, just, Find that why and deeply connect with that um, yeah. because you will get your dedication out of it. It's just the thing mm. that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say in the, a previous episode, we, we talked about um, uncovering our values as well. So, yes, that's right. That exactly. Episode. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, so when you've, when, when, you know, when you're really clear as, when I've been really clear about my why, um, I then decided that I would pick something to dedicate my work to on reducing my footprint. And that step to me was super duper clarifying and it it motivates me every day Mm. because I picked something that is in front of me every day. And if I see that thing every day, then I am going to be motivated every day. And so I dedicate my work to reduce my footprint to my daughter. Right. And when you can dedicate it, this work, um, it, for me anyway, has, again, become an unending well of commitment and, um, and energy, right? And uh, not necessarily time, okay? Time and energy mm-hmm. are different. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that we were, uh, we addressed in this course that I used to teach at Google where time is finite, right? But energy can be renewed. Mm. And that is a 
probably a direct quote from Tony who Tony Schwartz who created the Energy Project oh, yeah, and yeah. Um, which I've referenced I think already in episode one. But this is this this kind of insight that time is finite but energy can be renewed was so key and it really applies to this problem as well. Yeah. So I'm curious, Libby, do you have you ever dedicated your work to anybody or anything? Yeah, I don't know. I I actually think that we could have a whole episode on this on mm. um certainly because I'm I'm an older woman, you know, I'm technically middle-aged, I guess. And at a certain point in your life, you do sort of look back over it and decide you're going to sort of reconcile mm-hmm. the first half of your life or if however you want to look at it and part of that is finding your why again you know because it's, it tends to change a bit I think over your lifetime so yeah I, I reckon look just just to talk you know I, I I can go into that in another episode perhaps but just to talk about publishing you know we've we've established ways that we can um mm. you know dedicate a book to someone like so it's sort of on a project level mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and I really find it super inspiring that you've you've been so cognizant of that and been able to kind of talk about that Mm. um and i remember in one of your workshops being very very moved when you spoke about that and dedicating to your daughter and i think that's that's something that any parent listening can understand too yeah um because in a way like we're super responsible for these beings that that have yeah come into our lives and at the same time I want my kids to know that I tried my best exactly to to, uh, to make the world a better place. Um, yeah. So for yeah, sure. th- yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I think it's really important. Yeah. Well, it's it's the way that I've found this infinite energy, and um, that is going to be really important <laughs> when it comes to changing. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, to be able to tap into that somehow, and that—that's the idea of an anchor, isn't it? Um, it's used yes. in a lot of different uh, areas of, you know, mental health and all kinds of things. To have an anchor, or you know, even just in meditation, it's you know, yes. placing a flower in front of you and meditating on the flower, and and allowing that to sort of be your or a candle, you know, coming yeah. back to that. Yeah. Exactly. And, and as I said before, you know, that any number of topics will get me fired up and, you mm. know, continue to, you know, fuel the um, energy that I have. But the reason why I picked my daughter as my dedication is because I see her every day and mm. I, and she is so immersed in my life, like in, in mm. my space. Yeah. That, you don't have um, to place her in the room nope. with you. Nope. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she appears and it's like, Oh yeah, I got you. I got you girl. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. your back. You know, and um, and I I almost joked I joked the other day with someone about calling myself like a a jaguar mom. So the jaguar apparently rather is than like, a tiger mom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 
because I love these. I love the animals, moms. I love them. I think they're awesome. But this animal is one that is actually really, really aware of their environment and they really protect the environment on behalf of their child. And so I was like, ooh, I like that association. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so, okay, we're digressing. Let's get back into tools for change because... (laughs) I just had to say that because I think it's really fun and I love, uh, yeah, Yeah. I love the analogy. Mm. So here we go with the how, the how of these, of changing, right? So I've definitely, um, you know, mentioned already that there's these uh, calculators, footprint calculators. And I mean, for me, everything starts with data. It it just starts with like an assessment. And if you Mm. don't know where you start, how can you possibly make a change? So um, my, you know, way of doing this was to really step out of my life for a moment and like look at it from the perspective of CO2 and to look at the calculator and to kind of see, oh, like first of all, that's just a big education um, experience to see what causes CO2 Mm. and how it's connected to my life. Yeah, I get that. So from there, I decided I needed to set myself an ambitious target. And not just a small thing, but like something that was really going to prove that I was able to reduce my footprint dramatically. Mm. So I wanted to know that I was going to have a vision. I was going towards something. Mm-hmm. So I set myself a five ton reduction. Five target. tons, Renee. I, I, I need things to work towards. So I can't just be yeah. like, oh, one day it'll be like this. Like, no, no, no. Like I'm super practical. So I like, <laughs> and this comes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Comes from my days, probably my, my like incredible training that I got at Google too. You know, set an objective, right? So, what's your objective, and then what are the um, pieces to get to that objective? Okay. Um, we used to call them well, we called them OKRs. I think they're still called that. Um, objectives yeah. and key results. So you, so so that is like for sure uh, a path to progress and success. And based on my personal experience. And so I use that technique on um, my work to reduce my footprint. And then when you have the plan, you can kind of reintegrate back into the day-to-day and you can start to execute. Mm. So I want to start with kind of a practical example. And I also want to point out that there are such things as like daily CO2 Mm. contributors and there's also infrequent CO2 contributors. So the things that we're not doing every day, like maybe um, investing or the infrequent things might be traveling or, um, yeah, just buying a large item, right? And I'll put those on the side for a moment, but on the daily, let's address that. So I want to encourage you and call you into self-awareness. So in order to even know, okay, so let's pick composting. So let's imagine um, you don't currently compost and in your footprint, your food waste is, is a portion of your footprint that you're like, okay, I can tackle that. It's it's a fairly simple thing to start with and I think it's accessible. So I'm going to start with that. And so you start to get self-aware. And so you start to like watch yourself. Like, what do I do right now when I throw uh, food away, right? Mm. And so you can start to just observe. So there's this like self-awareness of observation phase. And then there's like the playing and the flirting and the trying it out phase. So what does that look like? So maybe you put like a little plastic bin, a little Tupperware on the side or whatever, a glass um, bowl on the side of your sink. And you start to put stuff into that, right? So you're playing with it. You're like, oh, did I do it or not? Mm-hmm. You know, do you actually do it? Can, can you make it fun? Can you have like a little sign there for yourself? Can you, you know, how can you do it to like play with it and flirt with it? Mm. 
So, so that's like kind of the first phase. And then, then we get into like setting yourself up for success. So you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I'm an educated person. I've got like, you know, my, I'm, I'm determined. I've got my, why I've got my little bowl there. I think I can do it. So now it becomes a question of how do you like kind of institutionalize this and set, set the structure so that it's possible to do longer term. And that's to me is about setting up your environment for success. So like you look at your whole kitchen, you say, where could this live permanently? Um, when am I going to empty it? Right. And where am I going to empty it? Right. So, um, you start to think through all the pieces of it and, and you have to, you might have to take a step here where it takes some, uh, an extra effort to make it happen. So mm. you might have to call the landlord and say, can I get the green bin? you know, and can, can we make that a thing here at my building so that I can throw this away in the right place or mm-hmm. set up a little corner in your garden if you have ground space and you set it up your um, composting there. So, yeah, that's where it's helpful to sort of say, what, what are the things that are getting in my way? Yes, here? yes, exactly. And write them down if you yep. can't, you know. If you want to get concrete about it, just put them on paper and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to address these one by one. Exactly. And since like you and I are writing people, like for us, that's like totally cool. Like I will write everything down. Right. Um, right. That some people might be like, you know, they tell their spouse or something and then their mm-hmm. spouse is like yeah, reminding it, them. Putting it outside of yourself yes. is an important thing. Exactly. It? Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. that leads us to getting support. Okay. So, you know, we don't change ourselves only by ourselves. Actually, like change no occurs way. in a community, right? It changes in, in a whole setup around us, right? Yeah. So yes, so getting support for this is so key. And um, so it's like, who do you want to enlist for your support? Like, you know, there's going to be days where you're just like, ah, oh, dang it, I'm not going to compost. I'm going to throw it right in the garbage, you know, and, and you're going to feel that resistance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's super mm-hmm. normal. And, um, you know, we love resistance. Can I tell you what mine yes. is? I sometimes throw my tea bags in the bin. Because <gasps> if I'm in a hurry, I know. <laughs> and yeah, if you're in a hurry, right? I see myself doing it. Often I'll actually go back afterwards and pick them up and put them in the compost because I'm such a nerd. But um, yep. but it, it's one. It's an easy thing for me to do. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just in the middle of this. I'm just going to chuck that in the bin. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, it's okay. It's okay. I accept you. Thanks. <laughs> I accept you and I know you can do better. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. <laughs> you're welcome so can we can we put that at the top of our episode (laughs) i accept you and i know you can do better yes (laughs) yes exactly this should be the title um no really i mean we all can right so you know there's going to be the days where we're going by really fast and there's going to be days where we are just like exhausted and whatever like so Mm -hmm. many varieties right and so we plan for the resistance that's the thing so this is the key that's a good idea you know yourself right so you're going to plan for the resistance what's going to what are you going to do that day what do you how as of today i'm going to yes because i hadn't ever thought of planning for the fact that i might throw a tea bag because everybody does no matter what you're trying to change you're going to get resistance it is part of human nature and because because we're wired, you know, we've been like spending 40 plus years, I have anyway, you know, 
carefully setting up my life and doing all of these things and like constructing us into like some this into some beautiful thing and then I'm like uh oh I have to change it and of course my default wants to do the same thing right that's just mm-hmm. how humans work so we will need to un, you know kind of remember that about ourselves and come back and be like no no um my resistance will be tackled in this way right and sometimes that resistance can get tackled through help from others and sometimes it can be a way for you to have a, a backup plan Okay, so your backup plan might be, uh, you. it sounds like you do, go back to the garbage can and be like, no, I'm going to pick them out now, you know? Do you have an idea of what your backup plan could be? Well, yeah, because I, I know what it is. Like, it's actually a shadow thing. Ah. It's to do with, because um, I have thought about yeah. it, it's to do with the fact that sometimes I, when I approach dinner making, like making dinner yeah. and um, kitchen tasks, the story that I have in my head is, oh God, I got to make dinner again, yeah. you know? Yeah. And this is from, from someone who has, gets an enormous amount of joy out of cooking. Yeah. And once I'm actually in the flow, it's fine. But there's, there's a part of me that's just like, oh yeah. God, I've got to do this again. And, you know, I'm sure everyone has moments like these. I, 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 and I'm not going to, I mean, for me, it's, the story, basically, mm. I need to probably just go, oh, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I've got a story going on in my head about how I'm doing all this work or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not I don't want to say um, put a label like I'm being lazy or something no. like that. It's not that. It's no, be just, gentle with yourself, you know. Like, yeah, it's more to do with just there's a story there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can investigate that a bit more and look at what's actually giving me that Mm -hmm. reaction which then is um informing my actions Mm -hmm. that's good um Mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know i could i could talk about narrative coaching at some point we could either dive into it now or or a bit later whatever because you're on a bit of a roll Uh. here so let me finish up with the the daily and the infrequent and then we can go Mm -hmm. yeah for sure into that so so you demonstrated to me, you know, like this is like, oh, you know, the, we kind of get into our spin, into our analysis and whatnot. And that is a, that is normal and great. And then to be gentle with ourselves and just bring us back, right? Bring us back to what we're doing. Bring us back to our why. Bring us back to this is important enough to do it. And then just do it. Just execute on it, you know, and make mm-hmm. it. So like, it's like, oh, it's, e- it's ease, you know, give yourself the sense of ease because when you do that, then you're like, okay, now this is part of my strategy. This is how I'm reducing my footprint. Um, it's all part of it and I'm coming back to it and now I'm going to do it again. And, um, that is where it, uh, it, you know, where it fits into, you know, the execution of our lives as opposed to it being like a thinking exercise. It's actually just executing it is just as important as having made that so plan. So you're talking about the, you're the faking till you make it stuff or? No, I'm just saying I, it's almost like, you know, this meditation practice where, you know, if you go, if you're meditating and you find your mind wandering and you're off in another place and then it's like, if you, if you're like, you know, like, slap your hand and be like come back and you know pay attention no that's not how it works right you say yeah the second arrow yeah i know like let me bring myself back and here i am and now i'm back Mm. to the to what Mm. i the path that i have Mm -hmm. chosen and that i have that i Mm -hmm. want for myself for the right reasons right 
mm-hmm. so that's more the strategy I'm talking about. And then, of course, beyond all of these um, steps, so you get your bin, you get your, uh, you've got your plan for where you're going to dump it. You kind of know when your frequencies, you're, when you're going to do it. You have your backup plan when you're not doing it, and so you're going to instead of. Um, you know, throwing it out on Tuesday, your backup plan is, nope, I'm going to throw it out on Wednesday because the house cleaner comes and, you know, that way that I'm going to make it, make sure that it's clean when the house cleaner comes and so you can wash out the bin for me or whatever. Um, so this is, this is how the behavioral change construct kind of environment works. And then I want to add mm-hmm. two other things, which are super well-known strategies and, um, they we can employ them we can use them on ourselves which is one is nudging and the other one Mm -hmm. is joining a community okay Mm -hmm. so those two things have been known to to work for the longer term especially and nudging is like you know do you send yourself an email or like, do you have a calendar reminder that pops up, you know, and like, you know, we can use tools to nudge ourselves. So like, this is cool because we can actually construct this so that our entire environment, so that we are successful. And, um, and furthermore, if we do things with other people, it's part of a bigger meaning and we can surface our challenges and we can get inputs and we can share uh, things with people and share wins with people and we can, um, help other people. And so all of that community is also kind of the offering that the Decarbonista, um, Facebook and group has, but really it doesn't matter to me where you join. Like the point is, is, you know that you have those tools in place for yourself because you know yourself well enough and you know what you're going to need to be successful. Mm. So that is the piece yeah. on daily. And so daily is, you know, it's it's kind of a hard nut to crack because it's so ingrained um, that we can often just slide right by it and not even notice, right? But um, part of the workshop work, and I'm going to put one of the workshop worksheets up, um, is around finding that motivation, finding those, the breaking down that thought process to build your behavioral change um, mm-hmm. into bite-sized pieces so that you can actually execute it, right? So I'll offer those out to listeners. And, um, and I hope that those, yeah, if those tools work for you. And if not, like find the tools that work for you. Um, cause yeah. this is, you know, this isn't about you being in love with the way we do it. Right. It's like, we found this helpful. It's helped many people like run with it or, you know, just discover yourself enough that you can find something that works. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So on the in- infrequent CO2 um, behaviors. Let me just put this out there that we are, um, you know, these are things that we're doing not all the time. And so I find them much easier to kind of catch and grab and say, I want to do something different with this one today at this time. And so vacationing to me is one of these things that I have taken on as a fun challenge to try to craft a low CO2 vacation. And when I say that, I mean, I want it to be lower CO2 than my last vacation, right? So I'm trying to beat my personal best here. And I love gaming. Yourself. Exactly. <laughs> because I know that gaming is one of my drivers. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. So I do this, um, as a fun exercise and 
I can offer up a idea that uh, I used recently. Uh, well, last year. So I wanted to go to Paris. And um, I was looking at Paris from a flying, a driving, and a train perspective. So um, mm-hmm. I knew once I was in Paris, there were certain activities that I wanted to do. And of course, the in within the city of Paris, I, I was investigating places to stay, food to eat, things that were really um, low CO2, according to beating my personal best. But getting there, I know, was the is was going to be the biggest expense, the biggest CO2 expense, um, mm. I thought. So I looked at flying, driving, and train. And just as some, yep. for some quick numbers, two people, uh, economy flight, 578 kilograms. Um, an a- driving an average petrol car was going to be 334 kilograms. And taking two people on the train was going to be 4.34 kilograms okay what yeah (laughs) did you get that scale so yes so i was like oh look i can really save a lot of co2 by taking the train okay and then i looked at the time and I looked at, you know, the time that it would take, you know, if these were rough numbers, but okay, driving, first of all, I don't like driving. So that sounded like, ooh, time-wise, one thing, you know, it's probably, it's going to be slower than the train. So the train was going to be, the actual fastest was the train because it was from point to point um, in the train station. So you're already in the city when you leave and when you arrive in Paris. So when you leave Zurich and arrive in Paris, you're in the mm-hmm. city. So you're not, you don't have this overhead of getting to and from the airport. Okay. Um, so the train was the fastest in terms of time. Um, petrol driving, um, a little bit longer. I didn't do an actual calculation because I don't like driving. And I was like, that is my last wish, actually, because I get super kind of tired from it. And I'm like, that's not going to deliver me in a way that I want to enjoy a vacation. Right. So that for me was a pretty easy like, mm. um, also, we don't own a car. So, you know, for me, it's not like a, an automatic boom. I'm going to do a driving thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but flying, I was like, okay, so you go to the airport and you and you have all this overhead. And I was like, actually, for this particular scenario, Paris, time-wise and carbon-wise, was way cheaper, way, way cheaper. And I didn't even look at cost because at this point, cost, I'm like, you know, this is an exercise on CO2. This was an exercise on cost, but actually it was also cheaper to take the train. Mm. We managed to get some super saver tickets. Okay. So... I don't know what to say. Like if you, if you try to do a little bit of this for yourself and like really examine the options, you look at the different factors at play, you look at uh, cost, financial costs, you look at CO2 costs, you look at, um, uh, you know, time costs, you look at your exhaustion costs, if you will. Right. And your health too, you know? So like that driving is stressful to me, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, flying, I don't, love the air of the airplane i always feel like i get a little bit of a sore throat afterward and so on you know so mm. um the train you know the train there's this like weird on the tgv there's like this weird buffering thing that happens to my ears and so it's not awesome um, because they go so fast i get this yeah. this like ear pressure thing but i was like you know i'm looking at all these factors and like still the train won um mm, okay. yeah so so i think the most common story that I yeah. hear is the that the flights are so cheap. Mm. 
Well, they were mm -hmm. prior to the pandemic. I mean, I'm talking about... Yes. It seems like the distant past mm -hmm. now. So uh, I guess, you know, starting from now, it's a different situation. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And I bet, I mean, are there even flights, right? Um, mm. But, uh, but like, again, like, go back to the why. Like, what yeah. are we doing here, right? So what is most important to you? Mm -hmm. And I was excited to about the, the train because I could spend, like, I didn't have to be preoccupied with being on the road and looking at the road so I could spend that time looking you know playing cards with my daughter or you know doing something reading or whatever um so mm. that is awesome in my opinion and that allowed mm. me to actually start my vacation from the moment I left the door um, instead mm. of you know thinking of different things and you know um, I didn't have to put my daughter on a video during a two-hour flight and and so on and so we actually got quality time together so there's so much in there and it's really it comes down to your why right like so you know yourself you know what you're doing this for and you can make those trade-offs and make those decisions and I live my life now by a carbon budget so I give myself a budget based on like what my best personal best was last year and then I try to beat it um, with all of my, wow. yeah, with my new changes that I'm making. And wow. yeah, and it's That's fun. I find very it, inspiring. I find it fun. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I feel like it's like really normal now, but maybe I'm like just really not normal. Um, but anyway, I think it should be normal and it should, and it should no, be fun for all of us. I think it will definitely appeal to a lot of people that approach. Mm. I, I can hear one friend of mine going, give me a break. There's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, but it, again, I think it's a personality thing, right? Like, well, yeah, um, yeah. To, and that's why it's it's Im important to, as you say, know yourself, know how you operate. Yes, exactly. And and work out the way that's going to work for you. And um, yeah, and that's why looking at the stories we tell ourselves is so cool too. Well, exactly. And I'm wondering that because when we when we when we look at the when we look at the stories we tell ourselves, it's in our own language. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm also really curious, like what that friend is telling herself, you know, what is her limiting belief about why she's not going to do it that way? Why she's not going to do that? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably the tip of a very large iceberg. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so mm. this is where I want to bring up limiting beliefs. Now, mm. when we, when, when you will get into behavior change and like constructing your own behavior change you're gonna hear little things that come up and to discourage mm. you and those are our limiting beliefs um mm. and those like these things are really fun to discover and then what I do is I write them down in like a little notebook and then I put them away and I can like, come back to them and I'm like oh I overcame that limiting belief and I like cross it out um Right, so right. like these are things that that actually change and um, we can change them and they kind of change inherently when we're when we're challenging them right and we're saying no mm. I, I think I can do this thing and you start to get that growth mindset um, so I know you have a worksheet on them and so I'd love to link that in the yeah show actually notes, yeah actually I think it's an adapted one that's called challenging bottlenecks nice. um and so, yeah, that that that's on my website as well. We can link to that. But yeah, it's where you just just tell me if this is the same thing that you're thinking mm -hmm. about. But you, the first step is you have a like a commitment or an improvement goal, and you say, "I would like to, for example, show leadership by sharing my opinion in public." Mm -hmm. 
And then the second step would be the obstacles on the path, the thing, concrete things that I'm doing or not doing yep. that work against those things. So like, for example, I'm avoiding social media. Yeah. Um, and then the third step is the hidden worries. Mm. What am I worried might happen if I do the opposite mm, of this? I love that because that's addressing fear. And then, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it's like, I will accidentally post something stupid or people will reject me. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth step is like the com- competing commitments. Mm-hmm. So what about this worry am I protecting or am I committed mm-hmm. to? So, for example, I like to feel safe. I like to feel liked. I like to be right. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. Good. And then the fifth one might be the assumption behind the fear. Nice. Ask yourself, is this true? Mm. Invisibility is better than public discomfort. Mm. Conflict is bad. Mm-hmm. Mistakes are unforgivable. Mm. Those are the kinds of things that we have an assumption mm-hmm. that that we're working with. Is that the the, the sort of thing you were talking about? Because I'm well, yes. I mean, limiting beliefs show up in every place in our lives, right? So, um, I think mm-hmm. the you know the one that pops to mind. This is just a personal example. Um, that I had based on, and they, so I found that they've come from like my past, my things, my parents have told me things I've heard from like people I respect, um, even my own, Mm. just like, you know, self-esteem fear, you know, voice. Um, and it's like, I remember once I was expressing some wish to my dad that I wanted to, you know, just live next to my job. So I didn't have to commute. And he was, he like, pretty much laughed at me and was like, Renee, you're not going to find a good job if you are looking as that as your first criteria, you know? And, and, and oh. if you're like, how can you pursue a career and how can you have a long-term, um, you know, path if you're just going to like look at something next door, you know? And, and I was like, for my whole life, I was really bothered by the statement that he made. Cause I'm like, but, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then like, it would be so much simpler and I would have like a nice life and like underneath it all, actually I was striving for that the whole time. And, and I remember Mm -hmm. the day that I achieved it. (sighs) (laughs) I do. High five sister. (laughs) I was on my bicycle. I had a five minute bike Mm -hmm. ride. I was living and I was living in Zurich around the corner from Mm -hmm. Google and I was on my mm-hmm, bicycle and mm-hmm. I had this memory that popped back to me and I was like driving, riding through the beautiful fresh air on a sunny day. And I was like, wow, like my dad was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. Interesting. I know. And, and so I just bring it up because, you know, of course I love my dad. I'm not like trying to like run mm-hmm. him through like yeah, that's the just mud like puddle. One little <laughs> micro blip in the whole of your life. Exactly. And of course it took yeah. me quite some time to like engineer that into my life. But I think the important thing here is that, you know, that didn't like if I had let go of that and I was like, no, I must commute. Like, I mean, I could have, I could be living a, a very different life and a very CO2 heavy life, might I add. Um, because yeah. I didn't actually believe this thing, which I actually wanted and was actually possible. Yeah. And, and for other people, they might approach it another way, which is like, you know what? I prefer to work at home. I don't want to have to commute. Exactly. So I'm going to be self-employed yeah, or whatever. Exactly. exactly. So I think had I done it a little bit more consciously than I would have um, been able to create steps right and and you, if i used your worksheet i probably would have gotten there faster um <laughs> yeah well let's just <laughs> pretend that i was really young when i invented that worksheet yeah 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I could have yeah. time traveled to you. Exactly. And we would have met whenever, you know, whatever. So let's, uh, <laughs> so let me bring it back to this, you know, this, this thing about um, your friend. Okay. So if she's like, and nah, I'm not going to do it that way. So I just want to point out, like, I can totally hear all the childless people and the FOMO and the YOLO and like all the people who are like, I'm not going to do that, Renee. You know, I can hear them laughing at me. Mm. Right. And that's okay. Mm. I'm totally okay with that. And here's why. And you should be okay with this too, because we don't need everyone in order to hit the, to, to not fill up the bathtub. Okay. So, yeah, well, that's good. Yes, news. exactly. Now, um, it's, so I, there's some studies out there about social tipping points. And so I want to go into a whole episode on this because I think it's super interesting and it's about influencing. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. I'll just put it out there that, um, we basically that within social groups, there's a percentage, it's like 10 to 40% of the social group that would want a minority, um, a piece of that group would change a behavior and then it would tip the rest of the group. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yep. so when you hit against a resistance like from the outside from like somebody who's like oh my god that's why are you doing that that's so dumb or whatever like just don't even don't just let it go just let it fly by you because um there are enough people out there that want to actually make the world last right like <laughs> to actually achieve sustainability that we are um, pooling together and that we can change our own social groups our own uh, working groups and and whatnot if we do it in a in in a gentle and kind of effective way um so i just want to put that there as an encouragement point so that you don't feel like oh my gosh i'm so overwhelmed now like, no, like just start with yourself, start with your own why, start with your environment, like your own home, your own situation, like pick a piece of your carbon footprint that you want to start affecting, mm. build out your mm. plan, start working on it, play with it, flirt with it, have fun with it. Okay. And then institutionalize it and start to build these things into your life. And those steps are going to give you progress. It's going to build your confidence and you're going to see it's possible. And then we're going to start talking about going outward and influencing and sharing and knowing how to um, actually bring people into the fold with this work and um, to, to build the momentum. And I'm excited about that in the future mm. episodes. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I would be really keen on doing a tipping points Yay. episode too, because I, I, I'm, when I think about this friend of mine, yeah, I think what I, I just love her so much. Oh. And she's a hugely influential person. Mm. I don't know, does so many amazing things in the world. And at the same time, I'm thinking about Gretchen Rubin Ooh. with her, you know, um, habits and knowing what kind kind of a approach that you personally have and and I really really am feeling like there's a strong element of this that is about the the, the personality and the type of mm. um way you approach things mm-hmm. so that you may be entirely chaotic in your day-to-day life and be doing incredible things mm-hmm. in the outer world so that's just an interesting little <sighs> juxtaposition there. I love it I love it I love all those people you mentioned too so like I want to we should we'll make mm. an episode on this um mm. yes so I hope that 
I managed to kind of touch on everything that is was kind of burning in there of, of questions around this topic. And, um, mm. you know, we, we really just started, this is really the beginning of this journey of like how we move ourselves towards different things. And, um, mm. and so if you have questions remember, we have our mailbag, sustainable mailbag at gmail.com. And please let us know if, you know, you'd like just to go in deeper to something or if something wasn't clear and we're very, very happy to talk and what through. work, what's working for you. Exactly. Too. Yes, please, please. Because mm-hmm. we want to hear and celebrate with you. And share that too. Exactly. Um, and I think like the other thing that I want to just point out is that, you know, we talked about filling up the bathtub and how to slow down filling up the bathtub. Um, but there's also a drain there is such, there's kind mm. of, a, okay, it's not a, a technically a drain, but it's like similar to a drain. And I want to make sure we're talking about that too. And so I want to do a little bit in the future on offsetting. And I want to talk also about natural sinks. And so those are two things that I'll mm. plug for a future episode um, that we'll cover yep. and are so important to this whole puzzle. And yeah, we're going to have lots more to do mm. together. Yep. Cool. Um. I want to just bring up that word that you used right at the beginning where you talked about flirting with new ways of doing Mm. things and how that's kind of a fun way of talking about new behaviors and um, experimenting Mm. and putting some kind of joy into change. Mm. Because sometimes when we talk about changing, it's just so heavy. And um, that's what I like about narrative coaching or, or and looking at our own stories that we tell ourselves approach because um it can be actually really fun to invent new ways of talking to yourself and you know yourself best right so you can choose the way that you tell yourself mm-hmm. these stories Love it. so currently in the coaching world i'd say david drake is the one who's most known for his uh for using the word narrative in association with coaching and so I'm just going to talk about his approach because it, it's just really clear and useful. So <clears throat> the thing about narrative coaching is that there are sort of three primary insights that, that you come into it with. And that is that there's a connection between the stories, our stories, our behaviors and the outcomes, mm-hmm. our outcomes, and that they're all ultimately um, we are accountable for all those areas Mm -hmm. you know we we have power there and often the connections between the these areas are automatic and unconscious Mm -hmm. because we've developed them over so many years and i think you mentioned that earlier but they can be changed and that's the that's the cool bit nice um so when you when you sort of looking at one of those moments where you go oh my gosh I threw the tea bag in the bin <laughs> and you're triggered by something yeah. right you, there's four kind of places that you you situate yourself in right so you're rewinding the elements you you look at um we have an experience that's the situation mm-hmm. and it's based on a story that we tell ourselves and the memories that back it and that's like you were saying about how your father's um words have kind of backed Mm -hmm. up a story that you have in your Mm -hmm. head and it's the same with my tea bag I don't know what that story is exactly but it's something like that and then there's the shift that it reinforces the preferred identity Mm. because of the associations we make and maybe that's also the element that you were talking about where you 
your daughter is the association that you want you prefer to make yeah with that uh, that new identity yeah and then the fourth part is sustaining it and that's in terms of sustaining behaviors and um how we communicate with others and mm-hmm. um wanting to perpetuate those new outcomes mm. so that's kind of the the i guess the stages if you like Nice. And then when you want to look at the story, you you say, what would you like to have had happen in the end? What's the outcome that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. What could you have done differently as a result? Mm-hmm. That's winding back to the behavior. Mm-hmm. And then what would you need to shift how to see yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's the identity. Mm-hmm. And then what could you tell yourself next time this happens? And that's the story. And then what would you observe if this were the case oh and that's that's uh that's a step that that's a little more kind of takes a little bit more imagination Mm -hmm. i guess yeah so some some people find that really annoying that you have to imagine but i actually quite like that step because in that in that case you're it's almost like how some people name their shadow in order to be able to have a conversation with it like when when it arises when something happens it's like you know, Flossie, I don't really agree with you there. And you can kind of start to externalize what that that shadow is in you. That's Yes, but I also like it too for the visioning exercise that it creates. So it's like you envision, Mm -hmm. you know, yourself, you know, throwing it into the compost, a teabag into the compost, and you're like, and then Mm -hmm. you associate your feeling with that and you're like, yay. And I'm like, yeah, and that's because of this. And I like you can wrap up so much motivation and emotion into that moment and then you just repeat yep it's almost like when we're you know getting the little treat at the end your reward is now this beautiful image of you doing the right thing and you know your your emotion is like associated and and you're looking forward to that happiness right and exactly and and that's where I want to bring in this idea of creativity Mm. because I think you know it's so important in all of this in spreadsheet land, in data land and everything, mm-hmm. when we make room for creativity, it really gives us that extra kind of... Well, actually, my daughter just came into the room. So, Larky, you need to okay. actually come over here and give me a quick hug and then I need to finish the podcast. So, can you... go? Out? I'm almost done, okay? Go, go, go. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Please close the door. <laughs> okay, sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> they do come into the room, don't oh they? Gosh, I forgot <laughs> to lock the door today. Oops. <laughs> That's okay. She's the little it. gentle reminder. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. So that's okay. I was just going to bring in the element of creativity yes. and how how important it is because I think at at heart or at soul or at something we're all creative beings yes and and um yeah that's why i love this this um yeah visioning as you say to be able to have fun with it and sort of so for me it's like i might think yeah you know i'm gonna swing that tea bag around my head like i own (laughs) the kitchen and then i'm gonna fling it out the door into my compost Thing, whatever. Yeah, it's like you can have so much fun and that's why i really like how you 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 talked about sort of having fun and flirting with exactly. things you know that's that's 
that's the dance that we need in this life, I think. It is. And like that, those are the things that make our lives fun, right? Like I don't get that much joy out of like, you know, buying something transactionally at the store and like being like, oh, look at my new shirt or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you can actually find more joy. It, it's possible to find like ex- incredible fun joy and just like playing around with your life. And like how like being mm-hmm. fun and flirtatious, and like you know nobody nobody else has to be there, you know. But if other people are there, well, maybe that's fun for you, you know. So, like yeah. I just love this, and I think, you know, some of this this inspiration to flirt came from um, a old friend of mine in Seattle. Um, named Heather, who does wonderful shamanic journeys, and she's she's just like this kind of like amazing, creative person, and um, and that word just stuck with me, and it's really true. It's it's when you play and you have fun, you actually open up the opportunity for innovation, and that creativity is who we are, and so we get to actually become our authentic selves. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that there's no space for using data and for, you know, following procedures and having, you know, very clear steps and like organization, right? Like, like those things play a role, but like what, like they don't have to be the highlight. They don't have to be in the spotlight, right? Like you can, your life can be the joy and the fun and the creation and the pleasure and the, the flirtation. And then like this, this other stuff, the structural stuff, like that's, also important, right? But it's not necessarily the focus. It's not, it's, it's the thing that supports us in my opinion. And we've just circled all the way back to the beginning of the episode where you said, it's important to say that this is not the only thing that I do. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I hope it's been, you know, you know, clear and and encouraging, right? That this is like super possible and we are doing it. There's many of us doing this already, and we'd love for you to join us. And, um, you know, but that said, like, if it's not us, then it's find who who resonates with you, right? And I'm mm-hmm. not here to, like, become a guru. And, you know, the, it's really like that guru is inside you, right? That decarbonista is already inside you. So, like, she's going to, um, you know, when you connect with her, she's going to be your guide. So, like if it helps it helps if you know take what use is of use to you leave the rest and um we're just excited that this is you know that you're listening and and hopefully getting something helpful for you mm. yes Yahoo. i think we are wrapping up again thanks renee for all that amazing stuff oh my pleasure Just yeah so much like i said so much great stuff. i can talk about this infinitely so thank you for oh, letting me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i could too i think it's just so yeah yeah so important yes cool well let's go on with our days and live our lives yep. happy and confidently right and keep going mm-hmm. and, and i'm going to go and swing a tea bag in the kitchen oh, right now wait. so <laughs> and I am going to go spend time with my daughter because she is just itching to hang out. So um, yeah. we wish everyone a great day. And yeah, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Links are in the show notes. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with your family and friends. We can all do this sustainable life thing together. And don't forget, 
we have a mailbag and would love to hear from you. Let us know what your challenges are and what's been helpful. Email us at sustainablemailbag at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.